I recently rewatched the movie A Quiet Place as a refresher before going to watch A Quiet Place Part 2. Now, if you're someone who doesn't enjoy scary movies or jump scares, you probably don't want to go home and watch this movie. <laughs> the film depicts a family living in a post-apocalyptic post world where aliens find their prey based on sound. The storyline follows the Abbott family and their day-to-day -day life in survival mode and mostly in silence. Mid-film, a couple of the characters are walking through the woods when they come across a man and his wife. The wife has died and the man is clearly in shock. They call him the man in the woods. When he saw the abbots, he paused a moment and then he let out the most desperate, painful, horrific scream that he possibly could in that moment. I later read an article about the man in the woods and found an interview with the actor Leon Russom and how John Krasinski, the producer and writer, gave him the freedom to read the plot line and to use his own interpretation of how he would have handled such a hopeless and traumatic situation. The movie in general left no room for fluff or unneeded words. Leon Russom spoke no words, he only screamed, and that scream said more than a thousand words could have. He saw the tragedy of the post-apocalyptic world, and all he needed to paint the picture of his pain was to scream. Hear these words of Psalm 23 again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want us to take a moment this morning to breathe and to be silent. I think it's really hard for us sometimes to just take a moment to calm ourselves enough to see how we're really feeling, to feel our bodies and what's going on, to listen to our souls, to see what thoughts are in our mind. So I want us to sit for 60 seconds, and I want us to just be as quiet as possible. You can close your eyes, you can just sit there, whatever you need to do. We're gonna sit for 60 seconds in silence.
60 seconds can feel like a long time when we live in a world that is so busy, where we're constantly moving, constantly keeping our minds busy, constantly not sitting in any stillness or any silence. For me, Psalm 23 really speaks that message of rest, gives us an opportunity to sit, to be still, to listen to the peace that is within us and that is around us. Psalm 23 is one of the most well-known passages of scripture, but you don't need me to tell you that. We hear this passage oftentimes in grief and in despair, at the bedside of the dying, or intertwined into a funeral service. We see these words written on bookmarks and in sympathy cards. We often recite these words out loud as a collective whole. Across denominational lines, these words are known and remembered. We speak them aloud in our community, and we grasp on to a bit of peace. These words are often words of comfort, the familiar, familiarity of that is often brings us peace and comfort. Sermons are a weird thing, you know, speaking words on behalf of God to a group of people sitting in pews or on couches. We listen for a word or a phrase to hold us until the next time we are together. As I was writing and researching over and over again, the pandemic swirled through my body and mind. A year and a half into COVID-19, the loss and grief surrounding us and within us, it's tangible and it's heavy to say the least. This past year and a half has been full of disappointment after disappointment. And quite a bit of life has been lived alone without a group of people surrounding us when life was seemingly falling apart. I wanna give a voice to that reality, the reality that loved ones died and there was no public visitation or funeral. Weddings were celebrated over live stream. Grandparents received far fewer visits than ever before. Students were not able to sit around lunch tables with peers. Funeral food was not taken to front doors. Hugs of comfort were not able to be given. We did not get to look people in their faces and hold their hands as they experienced heartache or death. As a collective whole, we need to have that space to grieve and to mourn. We need the space to be held, space to fall apart without the fear of never being able to be put back together again. So I hope this morning, hearing the words of Psalm 23, together in the same place in person, can offer a bit of peace and a bit of rest for our weariness. I hope Psalm 23 can give us the courage to breathe a little deeper. I hope Psalm 23 can make us feel a little less alone. The words of Psalm 23 to me feel so cheery, so positive, the trust in God is so great. And if I'm being completely honest, when I read these words this week, they felt a bit uncomfortable to even preach on. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. 
I wholeheartedly know these words are true. I'm confident the psalmist birthed these words from the depth of their suffering. Keeping the scripture in the original context, I looked back at Psalm 22. This is the psalm most often read on Good Friday. I won't read the entire text, but I'll give you a few lines and you can look up the rest later. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? From the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. The psalmist pleads for God to stay near. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. I am poured out like water, and all of my bones are out of joint. Toward the end of that psalm, the psalmist begins to turn his lament into trust. Trust that the God who has been present through the ages will remain present with him even now. Both Psalm 22 and 23 are attributed to David. Throughout the Old Testament, we know David did not have the easiest of lives, to say the least. The trauma he experienced during his life, both individually and communally with his community, is more than can be expressed with words. Their place of worship destroyed, countless people killed in battle, conflict and chaos everywhere they turned. Obviously, you and I are unable to comprehend what David was thinking and feeling as he poured out his honest and raw words in Psalm 22. But I imagine those words as a last ditch effort for his pain to be heard and acknowledged by another person or group of people. I imagine it felt vulnerable and exposing for David to lay it all out on the table. But if I take a step back, I can almost feel his sigh of relief as the words escape from his mouth it takes a great deal of energy and trust to speak our darkness aloud or write those words on paper. And I can only imagine how exhausted David must have felt holding all of that brokenness inside. I can only imagine how tired his body must have felt carrying all of that heaviness around his bones aching, his heart racing, his muscles clenched, on edge and hypervigilant about everything and everyone around him at all times. The trauma David experienced was real and valid, and I'm grateful that he was able to share those words publicly so that we are able to hear them today, both his words of suffering and his words of trust. But I am curious what shifted in David for him to feel safe enough to not only cry out to God, but also to trust the process enough to keep moving forward. To trust the process enough to know that the same God who had brought generations before him out of the valley of the shadow of death could do the same for him. It's hard to trust the process when we can't see our way forward, 
when we feel alone and as if no one is there to catch us when we fall or take risk into the unknown. As we hear the words of Psalm 23, I'm wondering what we need as both a world and as a faith community dealing with the trauma of COVID-19 individually and from a distance. Local and national stay-at-home orders, as vital as they are, completely turned upside down all normal patterns of society and social interaction. There will never be another going back to normal. The slice of time will forever be ingrained in our bodies, our minds, and our souls, and history before the COVID-19 pandemic and after the COVID-19 pandemic. We found ourselves today in the in-between, unsure of what comes next and weary from what has been. As we trust the process and move through the present moment, let's feel our pain, let's tell our stories, let's cry our tears, let's scream in anger, let's trust that the God who was present for David the God who was with all of our ancestors is the same God present with us, the same God who gives us rest, feeds us food, and keeps us safe. Yesterday, I posted a, Facebook que I posted a question on Facebook. When you hear Psalm 23, either just that title or the past passage of scripture itself, what comes to mind for you? Several people commented that it brought them comfort and peace. A couple of people said that it's overused, that the King James Version is what they know best, that we often recite Psalm 23 but don't fully understand it. Someone else wrote, the tense change from descriptive to personal. Peacefulness, God is goodness sadness, the strong and clear analogies to our relationship with God, safety, rest, a funeral, comfort, funerals again, the presence of God, a shepherd, the imagery of being by a stream and being cared for, life and death, sheep, my grandma Moore, comfort and familiarity, granny teaching me to pray on Saturday nights, laying beside a stream under a tree, peace, the hymn Surely, Goodness and Mercy, the water, several songs and hymns come to mind, calm, peace, comfort, the shadow of death, Those are just some of them that people wrote, and I'm sure that each of you could think of your own ways that Psalm 23 stands out to you, what comes to mind, what you remember. A few years back, my therapist taught me an acronym that has become a daily check-in tool for myself. The acronym is HALT, H-A-L-T. It's a common self-care tool used for self-awareness HALT stands for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. 
In the midst of trauma and chaos, we often neglect ourselves. We're often frozen and unable to think about what is next and what we need. When we are burnt out and exhausted, we need to simply go back to the basics, to turn inward and ask ourselves, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? We'll all likely agree with at least one of those and probably more. With time, we can trust ourselves enough to meet those needs, to listen to our bodies, to keep ourselves alive. When we don't know what else to do, we go back to the familiar, to what feels safe, to what brings us comfort. And so I want to read you the words of Psalm 23 once more, this time in the message version. Maybe close your eyes or think of taking a nap in the grass on a summer afternoon. Think of something that brings you comfort, whatever that may be, something that nourishes your soul. God, shepherd, I don't need a thing. Given me a bed in lush meadows, quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I am not afraid when you walk at my side. Where shepherd's hooks make me feel secure, serve a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. Beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. David asked for what he needed. He shared his pain within his community. He trusted the process and trusted God enough to let go and let someone else take care of him. So as we go out into the world this week, my hope is that we can trust God, our community and ourselves enough to relax and give someone the opportunity to take care of us, to give us respite as we take the time and rest, to nourish our bodies and quench our thirst, to eat food that eases hunger, and through it all to know that as we live, we are not alone. We never have been alone. We never will be alone. Are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? Amen. <laughs>